Hello and welcome back. My name's Sam Barber, and you're listening to episode two of A Light in the Dark, My Songwriting Journey. In episode one, I briefly introduced my struggles starting out as a young singer-songwriter with nothing but an old guitar and a fistful of half-baked songs to receiving BBC Airplay and releasing my debut album, Let's Join Hands, out on the 30th of April, 2021. In today's episode, I'm going to look at the songwriting process and story behind the first of the five songs that made up my debut EP, Hope, Love Never Dies, where I hope you can take away useful information about the process of writing a song, preparing your song for a professional recording, working with a producer in a studio, and releasing your first song online. Of course, I made lots of mistakes along the way, but I see these all as useful signposts to becoming a professional songwriter, something that I continue to strive towards, and I sincerely hope they can aid you too. As they say, failure is the mother of success. Let's start. Hope, Love Never Dies never started out as an EP of five songs, but as five individual songs recorded in the same recording studio in Hong Kong between June 2016 and February 2019. At first, the songs were released as singles via CD Baby. However, eventually I decided that the songs would be better presented as a collective, a debut EP. And thus, on March the 8th, 2019, the five songs were taken off CD Baby and instead presented as such on Bandcamp. I then also re-released the songs on CD Baby as an EP in 2020. Well, that was my first mistake, wasting valuable time and money and not thinking clearly about how my songs could fit together as a unit where they could potentially work for me more efficiently. I had written them over a long period of time and about different things, and then I just decided to record them and thought that was it. There is a time and a place for releasing singles and a time to consolidate one's first forays into recording songs professionally. And for me, this was the latter. But I just realized it too late. I was just so keen to release my first song naively, thinking that the world was waiting for this brilliant piece of songwriting and that the millions would soon be rolling in and I could ride off into the sunset. I was wrong. But don't get me wrong. I recorded the songs for my enjoyment, but I soon found out that the songs were not strong enough as singles to stand out and make money even on the plethora of platforms that CD Baby distributes to. In fact, not one of the singles I released during that time covered the fee to release them that CD Baby was charging. Therefore, after investing hard-earned money and time on recording the songs and producing them in the studio, I couldn't even recoup my outlay. I was running at a loss, losing money. Another reason for their failure was the fact that the five singles had been sporadically released willy-nilly without any sort of overarching strategy, timeline, or marketing campaign in place, which ultimately made my musical profile look messy, disorganized, and unprofessional. An early lesson I learned 
was that once the song or songs are written and you have decided to release them, it's important to plan out what you would like to achieve in a modest sense from them. Plan out how much it will cost to record and stick to budget and allow sufficient time for marketing on one's various social media platforms, etc. You also need to factor in the time you spend preparing a song for the studio so as not to waste time and money when in the studio. Let's look at song number one, Far Across the Night Sky, which was actually written in November 2013. You'll never believe this, but I got the initial melody for this song in the shower, of all places. Over the next few days, as I recorded a rough demo of it and shared it with my parents, I knew it was the best thing I'd written so far, as they loved it. Up until that point, they'd been supportive but lukewarm about my songwriting attempts. And rightly so. But this song was different. It had potential and a nice melody. It's a simple song written in D, a key I like to write in for guitar, and the lyrics pertained closely to the story of Peter Pan and following the second star on the right and straight on till sunrise to Neverland, for example. I gained huge inspiration from the film Finding Neverland and, in my humble opinion, Johnny Depp's astonishing portrayal of J.M. Barry. It relied heavily on rhyme and simple chord structures and progressions, and I believe the strong aspects of the song are its simple but attractive melody and imaginative, uplifting words and message. Most of my time and efforts were given over to the writing of the lyrics, and this took several drafts to settle on something I was happy with. However, after the song was performed at the school drama show it was written for in 2014, without, I must say, making a great impression on the students, I then forgot about it until 2016, when my wife encouraged me to refine the song and record it, as she also liked it. I thought it would be a nice gift for my parents, and so I looked for a recording studio. I contacted one in the Kowloon area of the city, and was quoted the reasonable figure of 2,000 Hong Kong dollars to record the song in a studio complete with arrangements and mastering included. However, I was completely out of my comfort zone, as I had never paid to record one of my own songs before. What was I thinking? What if it was a disaster? What if I couldn't even play or sing my own song? However, I was determined to go ahead with my idea, and after a period of revising and rehearsing the song thoroughly for two to three months, I felt I was ready. I was happy to try something new and also curious to see how one of my songs would sound with the help of the professionals. Could I really be on to something? Could I dare dream to be a songwriter? Over the period of a few weeks prior to my arrival at the studio, I had emailed the rough demo of the song complete with a lyric chord sheet and some pointers as to the song's direction and style. However, the majority of the arrangement of the instrumentation was prepared by the producer and his assistant. I arrived at the studio early on a Saturday morning in June 2016 by taxi as it was pouring down with a yellow signal monsoon rain common in the hot and humid Hong Kong summer. 
A good start then, I thought. I was nervous, as it was my first real experience of recording in a studio. However, I needn't have worried, as I was made to feel very welcome from the start. I was impressed by the professionalism set up and the methods they used to get the best out of me and the song. I recorded my voice first, mostly line by line, and sometimes undertaking many takes to get a specific word right. I stood up to record my voice, and I learned that smiling as you sing can change the sound of your voice. It was rigorous and more difficult and tiring than I ever thought it would be. I needed around one hour to warm the voice up before it became smooth, and then the timbre of the voice began to settle. I thought I knew how to sing my song, but it was only when I arrived in the studio and started to record it that I learned I was a novice. We worked on the verses first before tackling the choruses, and as the morning wore on, my voice changed, and I was careful to drink plenty of warm water and take breaks. As I was so immersed in the song, usually closing my eyes while singing, I rarely glanced at my lyric sheet, which was fortunate as I'd memorized most of the lyrics by heart. You certainly need stamina to go a day in the studio, and I made sure to eat something before starting the afternoon sessions. There were moments where I added some ad lib vocal effects in the solo section, for example, as I was carried away enjoying the song. And to my surprise, we retained some of them as they matched the mood of the song. The experience of singing my own song in a studio was an incredibly happy and exciting one, but exhausting at the same time. The producer asked me to put a simple acoustic guitar track down as well. This was something I hadn't expected to do, but I'd brought my guitar along anyway. I just thought I would be singing over the top of the arrangement, but somehow, Adding a guitar track made me feel like I had greater ownership of the song and that I was participating more, and it worked well in the overall mix. I played to a click, and although the chords were easy, it took me several takes to finish because of nerves and under-preparation. I also never expected to add harmonies or double-track my vocal, which took extra time as I learned on the hoof. I became further aware of the journey a song makes from the high and lonely mountains of your imagination to its final destination in the open sea of music, undergoing all the changes, edits, and additions along the way. How a song is weaved together, much like a tapestry, as layer upon layer is added to it, is a wonderful thing to witness. Aristotle once said, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And I believe this to be the case with songwriting. There were parts I heard separately when recording that I didn't think would go well in the mix, but they worked and it was an amazing feeling to be part of this organic process. I got to know my song even better than I thought I did already when breaking it down into its component parts and assembling them again. I also knew that if I were to perform the song live, it would be a completely different experience once again. We worked from around 9 a.m. to after 8 p.m., with small breaks in between, and finally my parts were done. It felt just as tiring as a full day in the classroom, if not more, but the song was sounding wonderful, and despite my inexperience in the studio, we managed to get an honest and heartfelt vocal for the song. 
The song was subsequently mastered by the producer and within two to three weeks the song was ready and still remains a firm favourite of my family and students. I went on to make a lyric video of the song with some images of the Northern Lights and uploaded it to my Teacher Hat YouTube page, where it became very popular with my students. I also released it as a single on CD Baby, where unfortunately it hardly made a splash. Looking back, I would have done things differently, although I was happy overall with the way things went in my first foray into the studio. I felt more comfortable that I had agreed and paid for the studio time and arrangement fee in advance, as it was something I felt was reasonable, but it also took the pressure off me when I was in the studio. I just needed to focus on and enjoy the process of recording my song, something which, after all, was just a weekend hobby for me at the time. I was careful to research the studio beforehand, however, and made contact with the producer to iron out very clearly the details of our project and to request the receipts via email. If one finds a good studio and nice personnel, then it is a great advantage and is a win-win situation for all parties. But one must be careful and choose wisely. Always trust your gut instinct. During the course of recording this first song, I made two very good friends in the producer and his assistant, built on a love of music, honesty, and mutual cooperation. I would have felt more pressure if I was paying by the hour, and may have tended to rush and settle for a lesser version of the song. I should have prepared to add a guitar track in and practiced accordingly, as well as potential harmony ideas. My lack of preparation in this area meant taking longer to finish things and reduce the efficiency of the operation. Numerous copies of lyric and chord sheets for yourself and the recording team are also essential as you work through the songs, as is a guitar tuner and extra strings or other such spare items. You can be immersed in the studio for long periods of time. Therefore, it's important to plan the day and time very carefully with your family prior to the recording and try one's best to stick to the agreed time frames. Calling regularly during intervals is also advised. Thankfully, my family have always been very supportive. Also, don't underestimate the time required to listen and discuss the takes you have done with your studio team. If it takes you too long to record the takes, then very little time is left for discussion, reflection, and if necessary, re-recording. Recording your parts is the first step and therefore extensive practice is essential for an efficient recording process. As they say, time is money. It is also a courtesy to the studio personnel who, despite the fact they are being paid, are still giving their time to help you and you want to make a good impression in as professional a manner as you can. Put your best voice forward, so to speak. Recording can also be draining physically and mentally. Therefore, it's important to take enough rest the day before and after a recording session. If one is singing, I would advise to stick to drinking warm water or green tea and refrain from drinking any sort of cold drink and eating anything fried or spicy, for example, as this may impede the voice. A half spoonful of honey in the morning can help to lubricate and protect the vocal cords as well. 
Our voice is one of our most valuable assets and we must aim to protect it as such. One must be able to zoom out from the rigors of the recording process and re-enter the real world seamlessly. I was exhausted after my first recording session, but I enjoyed it thoroughly and couldn't wait to rush home to tell my wife everything. Although we must strive to create our best in the name of our art, I don't believe it needs to negatively impact our personal relationships or our work, for example, just because we didn't sing a part very well or such like. Keep a sense of perspective, stay upbeat and positive, and remember why you wanted to record in the first place. For me, it was as a gift for my parents and wife. If you're paying money to record, one must try one's best and find a way to manage the stress that inevitably comes with the recording process, which will be different for different people. We encounter stress frequently in our everyday lives, but as professionals, we must be able to produce the goods in any situation. Personally, music has always been an absolute joy for me and therefore never a burden. Regarding sharing your music online, this must be given more thought prior to your decision to do so. Decide which distributor you will choose and have a clear timeline and budget in mind. As I mentioned in episode one, it's always advisable for you to take steps to protect your intellectual property before making the song available to the public. The PRS and the PPL can be of great use in this respect. Building up some sort of a social media presence or awareness of your upcoming single or album is always advised as well. A period of at least two months prior to release will allow your friends and followers to welcome your new creative offerings. I've learned from hard experience to assume that you won't make any money from your early songs, from streaming or downloads, etc. If you think that you will, however, then you will most likely be disappointed. If you're in this game for the long term, then I believe it is more important to build up and cultivate a network of like-minded contacts in the industry who recognize you as the hard-working, honest and talented songwriter you are and the professional songwriter you aspire to be. As your song portfolio and social media presence grows, so will your following, one would hope. But as a rule of thumb, I would strive to improve your art first and foremost, as this is what will set you apart from the rest. And as you become more successful, you can look to employing more professional people to take care of your marketing and management needs. Therefore, baby steps first and don't expect too much of yourself too soon. Celebrate the small achievements and enjoy the journey. As James Taylor said in his great song, Secret of Life, try not to try too hard. It's just a wonderful ride. Enjoy it. Also, one needs to think, if it's better to release a single or an album or an EP, are you going to record at the same studio? If so, is it possible to strike a better deal for the next song, for example? Always act with integrity and respect for everyone you encounter, but also try to get the best deal you can. All of these things and more must be given consideration before embarking on any 
sort of campaign. And I wish you the very best of luck with it all. In the next episode, I'm going to discuss the next song in the EP, Caledonia Dreaming, and the story and processes behind this most personal of songs. Until then, take good care and stay safe. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.